0: Welcome to the Champions cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spiteri, and I'm joined by Taylor Wells. Taylor, what's going on, man? How are you?
1: Well, I'm definitely doing better than last week, considering how awfully sick I was. I don't know if you could tell in the uh, the audio for the episode, but oof, that was a rough one.
0: Yeah, you were were a little bit quiet, a little bit sickly, but you sound a whole lot better this week. Uh, Good to have you back at 100%.
1: Oh yeah. Just keeping on being on busy, you know.
0: So this is episode 52, uh which means 52. that we've been doing this for one calendar year. Can you uh, can you believe that?
1: You know, I think when we first started discussing the podcast way back in the day as it were now, uh I think we both thought that this this could have some serious longevity to it, but I think we definitely I think we definitely hit a lot more success uh faster than than I think we originally thought. And it's been a wild ride. I've, I've been loving it so far.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm remembering in our first like five episodes, our our audio sounded terrible, nothing nothing really worked right. We were trying to figure out how things ran still, and uh, that was it's a lot of fun to look back and see those early episodes and kind of see where we are now um and i've been involved in a few podcasts before i had a i had a podcast with a couple buddies of mine and it was called the cool story show (laughs) and that ran for about six months um the previous iteration of this podcast the zelda and former podcast i was a member of for maybe another six months so um you know, this is this is the longest show that I've ever been a part of, and uh, you know it doesn't look to be slowing down anytime soon. So, really happy, really, really grateful that we uh, that we got this far and that uh, we haven't been booted off the show yet.
1: Certainly. And, you know, those those initial episodes with the difficulties that we had and, you know, even some of the difficulties we we sometimes still have on on occasion, you know, just it's one of those growing pains things. And, you know, like every all the feedback we've gotten so far, I think we've we've come along fairly nicely. And, you know, there's there's only up to go, so to speak.
0: Right. We should probably give some shout-outs to the people that uh, that helped make this show such a success in the, in the early days. Of course, um, we were joined by some some pretty cool guests. We've had the composer Rosen on before, uh, Elizabeth Maxwell, the voice of Urbosa, Captain Dangerous, uh, Rob Mayer, developer of Blossom Tales. Uh, just a who's who of just like really cool, interesting people in the Zelda community. And they really um, helped us kind of find our feet in those early episodes. So we want to give a shout-out to them. And, uh, you Absolutely. Know we should also give a shout out to Savannah who was with us for the first couple episodes too, but just, uh, technical issues and basically time issues couldn't, uh, couldn't keep up the commitment, but you know, it was originally a project of the three of us and I'm really looking forward to us three uniting at the Zelda dungeon marathon.
1: Oh, for sure. It's going to be a wild, an even wilder ride, considering that this is going to be Savannah's first year at a marathon. So that, That's I'm right. So we're going
0: uh, for... a party champions, Gastel.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: All right. Well, uh, let's stop patting ourselves on the back here. Let's get into it. Uh, we are going to definitively rank all of the dungeons from The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Why are we doing that? Because it's our favorite Zelda game. That's probably no secret to anyone that's been listening to this. And, uh, it's something that we thought would be fun to do. But, before we get into that, uh, let's talk about the big news from last week, man. There is, and we're gonna have to eat some crow here because me and you, we were on this show not that long ago talking about how absolutely silly it was that there would probably be a second Legend of Zelda game announced in 2019, and, oh boy, were we ever wrong, and do we ever look stupid now,
1: (laughs) Well, you know, if there's anything I've learned being on this Champions cast, it's that I frequently need a fork and spoon to eat my words, so...
0: Yep, so um, my, my track record for this year said that Link's Awakening, Reimagining, wouldn't happen, happened. Said that there wouldn't be another Zelda game, there was. So uh, I'm batting a thousand here, I can't wait for our E3 predictions, maybe you'll actually win this year. Probably not, though. Um, but let's oh, talk man. about it, man. Cadence of Hyrule... Um, developed by Vancouver. based I really like the name. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's like kind of a nice little. It 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 shows very much like what this game is about. Um, and we'll get into that in just a second. But this is this is developed by Vancouver-based Brace Yourself Games. Uh, so hey, shout out to my fellow Canadians getting that Legend of Zelda IP. Good for you. And it is a a spinoff to the game um, Crypt of the Necro Dancer. And I think that there might be something before that. But the game is, is just made, basically called Crypt of the Necrodancer. And it's like, I haven't actually had a chance to play it. It's kind of like a rhythm slash dungeon crawler game. And we're going to go a uh, really deep dive into this next week. And we'll talk about Necrodancer and we'll talk about Cadence a little bit more. And kind of what our hopes and expectations are. But um, I don't know. I I think that you said you hadn't had a chance to watch the trailer yet. Is that right?
1: No, like I said before, it's been a real busy week, um, but I definitely look forward to not just getting into the trailer, but also kind of exploring what what this is going to be all about, because I actually really like rhythm games. Um, I was a huge fan of Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm. I played both the first one and the second one that came out on a variety of different uh, platforms, from the 3DS to mobile versions. And I really liked it, so I think that Zelda, being a fairly musical franchise, could fit very well in it. And I think we actually talked about this, too, when we were, you know, kind of spitballing random ideas for futures like, yeah, spin-off we, we totally Zelda did. titles. Yeah, we totally
0: did. I was patting ourselves on the back, actually, in Discord after it was announced, because I was like, hey, Taylor, do you remember when we said that there could be a, a musical rhythm game in the Zelda series, and now there is? Exactly. I, I guess, to be fair, I was thinking something more along the lines of, like, rock band, where you, I don't know, play your ocarina notes or whatever, and the crowd's going crazy, but, yeah, hey,
1: this is close This enough. still counts.
0: Yeah, that's right. So, uh, I guess maybe we don't look as foolish?
1: Well, we're no, always No, famous, no, yeah, but... we, we still look foolish.
0: <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna do a little bit of a deep dive into that next week, and, um, bring you somebody that is actually, uh, experienced necrodancer, um, be that uh, be that someone on our team, or I might just take the plunge and buy it myself. I finally finished that Moonlighter game that I was talking to you guys about last week. So, uh, really fun. You'll see some thoughts about that on Zelda Dungeon pretty soon. Um, one last piece of Zelda news before we jump into the dungeons here. Uh, pretty cool. We can now play Ocarina of Time together, Taylor.
1: Wait, like non-marathon style?
0: Like, non-marathon style. So, apparently, there is a new mod for Ocarina of Time that uh, introduces co-op play. So, uh, I'm not exactly sure how it works. um, But it sounds pretty cool. The guys at uh, Kotaku have, like, dived right into it and played it. And they say that it actually works, like, pretty well. So, the mod is called Ocarina of Time Online. It's currently in development. It'll probably get shut down by Nintendo at some point here. So, uh, check it out while you still can. And, uh... You know, I I hope that I hope that this makes it far enough that me and you can actually like, you know, dive into some uh, some of these dungeons we're about to talk about together as a team.
1: I think that would be really cool, though. I'm slightly confused as to how that would quite work out. Is it going to be kind of like Triforce Heroes except with two people? Or
0: uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, there's a there's an article about it that uh, that's over on ZeldaDungeon.net, and it shows just a lot more information than us two schmucks have. Um, But basically, uh, I'm going to read you a quote from the article right now. Um, While each player on a server controls his or her own instance of Link in this game world, the mod replicates the movement and actions of all other players through NPC puppets within that same space in real time. The result is a seamless cooperative experience in which all players can interact with each other and with the world at the same time. So yeah, that's kind of cool. Apparently it works like the multiplayer mod developed for Breath of the Wild a few years ago.
1: Oh okay. Well, I mean, seamless and Nintendo and online play usually don't go hand in hand, but we'll see what happens.
0: Uh yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, you know, like I said, I I have the bad feeling that this will probably get shut down by Nintendo, so I mean, worst thing, you know, comes to worst the it just does. It never sees the light of day, and it never has a chance to be not that great. But I'm hoping for them. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that they can pull it off, and it's really fun. And that uh, maybe that's something that we can that we can do one day. We'll live stream a co-op, oh uh, creative time run. I'd probably try and sabotage well, I, you, though. Not gonna lie.
1: I mean, what else is new? If anyone else is wondering, that's exactly what happened in Four Swords last year at the marathon. So,
0: well, it wasn't just you. It was. No, actually, it was just you. I was pretty cooperative with everybody else. Uh, Alright, Taylor, you ready? You ready to dive into the dungeons of Ocarina of Time?
1: Well, I'd rather do that than put up with your dirty co-op play, so let's get into it.
0: So this is uh, this is actually quite difficult, I think. You were alluding to yesterday, and, and I was as well. I'm looking at these dungeons, and there's... There's none of them, like, not a single one that I'm just like, ah, this dungeon's a stinker. Um, In fact, there's only maybe one or two that I would just be like, okay, well, this one is, like, clearly at the bottom. Other than that, you can almost make an argument for, like, all of these dungeons to be number one or in that conversation to be at the top of the list. So, like, we're we're gonna rank these and we're gonna put them in order of our favorite to least favorite, but just know... Whatever ends up as our least favorite could probably be in the mix for it's still one of the top Zelda Dungeons, I think, from from my point of view.
1: Well, we are ZeldaDungeon.net, so we have to have the best dungeons ever.
0: Um and we are including all the mini dungeons as well, because uh why not? We thought it'd be fun.
1: Yeah, you can't you can't leave out bottom of the well or
0: And you know what? I uh I totally uh, I almost made a, a pretty critical error. I put beneath the well when I was jotting it down, and it took me uh until a second in pass to actually realize my mistake and correct it to bottom of the well. We don't want any of those Majora's Mask dungeons sneaking in.
1: Oh man. Those heated conversations at three in the morning about what dungeon is titled what. The Cave of Flamos, for example.
0: <laughs> Alright, let's get this let's get this rolling here. We're gonna do it in uh, in sequence of, of when you reach all these dungeons, and we'll do our rankings from there. So, let's uh, let's start off with the first and the second dungeon introduced in the Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Let's talk about inside the Deku Tree. Now, I love I love the music inside the Deku Tree. I put it on my top ten actually list of uh, of music in Zelda games. Something about the uh, I don't know, the the, the ambiance and, like, the uh, kind of... It, it makes you feel like you're one with nature, almost. Like, it's just such a... I don't know. It, it's such a calming piece of music that that alone almost puts it above Dodongo's Cavern for me, which we'll talk about in just a sec. But I, I think that as far as introduction dungeons go, like, this is just really well done. It's, it's not super long, so it doesn't overstay its welcome, but it is challenging enough. Um, I think that the Goma fight is, is really fun, is really neat, uh, as, as like a good first boss, I think that, uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of good things to like about that, um, and I I don't know, I, I always, I guess I'm just going back to, I remember the first time that I scaled all the way to the top of the Deku tree, and I was like, well, what do I do now, there's no more, there's no more doors, there's no more areas to explore, and then I was like, maybe I should jump, and, uh, when I was, you know, when I was a kid, I was just like, "Oh my god, I could, I could jump!" And so I did it, and I it just blew my mind how, how cool that was, and how I just felt like I had uh, outsmarted the game and found the next secret section of it, even though, of course, that's what you were supposed to do. So uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Inside the Deku Tree. But what say you?
1: Uh, I too am a, v- a very big fan of it. Uh, I agree. The music of the Great Deku Tree, it's it's really whimsical. It's uh. I wouldn't say it's quite mysterious, but it's more along the lines of just, like, very very mystical, very, you know... Um, like maybe meditative. Very, That's a good word. Very light. Yeah, meditative. Um, and it, it's really funny because I think this is a running theme in Ocarina of Time because, as we discussed last week, our both of our favorite tracks of all time in all of Zelda history is the Forest Temple theme. And so it's very funny to me that, you know, both of the kind of foresty themed dungeons of of this game have some of the best music um outside of that as you said again it, it's a it's a really great tutorial dungeon it's it sets everything up you you learn kind of the basics of what you need to do um you know in Kokiri Forest where it's saying okay you know you can find out information about where you need to go and what you need to do by talking to villagers you you know, you're going to have to acquire certain items or things in order to progress. And the Deku tree is just kind of like that natural progression forward through, uh, teaching you all the other stuff. So, like you know, how to move blocks, how to, um, how to jump (laughs) and either fall to, yeah, how to swim, how to fall to your, you know, untimely demise or happen to actually unlock a new area. Um, as well as like uh, the 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 decu stick um like torch lighting kind of thing, that was I remember when I was a little kid I was like I I didn't think that video games were gonna kind of give you the ability to you know do something that neat back in the day so that was very surprising It was really cool I love the Goma fight just because I I'm I know I hate to break to everybody I'm a huge fan of spiders so Goma was cool to me. Uh, very simple fight, as you said, but teaches you all the mechanics you need to know to handle all the dungeons to follow.
0: Yeah, I, I just think it's really important that this dungeon, like, it's not too long, which I feel is, like, sometimes that's a problem in Zelda dungeons when you're when you're going through them. Like, um, there are, they're, I hate to always rag on Twilight Princess, but there is just some dungeons in that game which are just far, far, far too long. Um, and, and you know what? You could probably argue that there's even some dungeons in Ocarina of Time that are too long and overstay their welcome. And I don't feel like this one does. I feel like it teaches you what it needs to teach you. Has that very cool meditative, would probably be playing any yoga class music. And uh, has a has a cool boss. And, you know, what? I'm, I'm a big fan of, like, forest-themed levels and dungeons and stuff like that, as we'll get into in a little bit here. So, um, I, I would rank this one above... Dongo's cavern but that being said i really like Dongo's cavern um i think that the 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 visual of the big Dongo head sticking out of the wall is is like it's pretty iconic and i mean bombing the eyes of that was just such a that that and again it was just one of those things where it's like whoa this is so cool like am I am i supposed to be doing this or, or is like am i doing this correctly um it was uh it was a it was a nice dungeon. I liked the the build up to get there. I always hated hated whenever I would lose my shield in that dungeon because pretty much every single time it would get burned off. But there's some really there's some more unique enemies in there. Um, again, it, it, the dungeon music is cool. I think that King Dodongo as a boss is uh, he's he's pretty middle of the road. He's easy enough to beat. He's not super memorable. I don't think. But I still have a really fun time in that dungeon.
1: Yeah, he's, he's very basic, I think. Like, you, you can't really get much simpler than, you know, throw a bomb in his mouth and then, you know, jump slash or hit him with a Deku stick or whatever you have available to you at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't. Re- and then avoid the roly poly action, but it's still fun. You know, the, the boss theme of Ocarina of Time still makes it exciting, I think. And, I mean, who, who doesn't want to, you know, take on a big giant dinosaur? Uh, it, I I always looked looked at that. I was like, yes, this is awesome. So um, so
0: I, I think the thing that maybe would just put uh, Dinango's Cavern behind the Deku Tree for me is is that if for the first half of this dungeon, or maybe even more than half, you have to, to pick up the bomb flowers and and basically run before they explode to get where you need to go. And I don't think that that's quite as enjoyable as taking your torch in uh, the Deku Tree, and, you know, going to a web and putting that out with fire before the, the fire burns your stick, so I, I think that that mechanic just puts Dongos Cavern just a step below um, inside the Deku Tree for me, but I also, I, I do really quite like this dungeon, um, when the, like, when the, when the eyes glow red and the mouth finally opens, you're just like, oh man, this is cool, and you're, I mean, like you said, it's a big dinosaur fight, so, you know, what could be better than that?
1: I think that and and the the boss fight are kind of what makes it above a couple of other dungeons on on my list but I I will say that in my opinion and again this is coming from two huge Ocarina of time fans are where we think this game almost does no wrong um you know it, it it's still at the like towards the bottom of my list whereas Great Decor Tree is actually almost smack dab in the middle so I don't know I it definitely has a lot of redeeming qualities, and it's a really fun dungeon to run through, and it's fairly fairly quick as well, just like the... I mean, most of the child dungeons are all fairly quick, um, comparatively speaking. But, yeah, it, it had some really cool moments, but the, the tediousness of doing certain things that just weren't as fun as the previous dungeon uh, kind of kinda dragged it down a little bit for me.
0: I will say that one sequence where... Um... You put the bomb flower in the middle of all the other bomb flowers around that staircase, and you blow it up. So cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Oh,
1: absolutely. And then being able to just, like, backflip up all the steps. Like, even before learning, like, you know, that's the intended speed route way to do it, is just, you know, backflip all, all the other I just did it because it was just cool looking to see Link just backflip up this giant staircase that he just bombed into oblivion.
0: All right, so it's probably fair to say inside the deck of trades, Inside the Deku Tree, easy for me to say, is number one, and then Dodongo's Cavern is number two. Uh, Let's move on to Jabu-Jabu's Belly, which, uh, that's going to be a hard three for me. If I am being honest, this is probably my least favorite dungeon in this game.
1: Okay, that's fair. I Um, I picked Jabu-Jabu's...
0: I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: No, 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 go ahead.
0: Well, I was going to say, I've I've actually, um, this dungeon has, has still, it's, it's, it's risen in rank to me. Um, but it's still probably my least favorite. Uh, I mean, just having to escort Rudo around is, it's a bit tiresome, especially when, you know, you, you have to go through all that extra dialogue and text just to get her to sit down so you can pick her up again. Um... If you don't like if, if you don't know really where you're going, the whole tentacle blocking the door thing and, and finding the, the corresponding color tentacle monster to beat them can be really confusing and it'll take you a while to beat. Um, and and I think the boomerang is, is probably my least favorite item in the game, I, I think. Because basically, like, if you're not locked onto somebody, like, it's totally useless. Like, you you pretty much can't make a shot with the thing. So, I I think all of those things combined, um, plus I, like, I don't I don't think that the dungeon has standout music. Um, uh, it yeah, there's a lot of things about it that I just think put it to the bottom of my list.
1: Okay, I I can I can understand where you're coming from on that. I think for me, it was. Is a quite a combination of things. For one thing, I love the Baronade fight. I think that's one of the mo- most fun fights uh, for me in the game. I it, it's act- it's it's the most challenging of all the child dungeons oh, for sure.
0: For sure. Act- let me let me throw this in here really quick. You know what is even more challenging than the Baronade fight is uh, and help me out here because I can't remember the name. But it or it's just a big Octorok actually that chases around. Big Octo, you around. yeah, yeah, the big Octo. That chases you around. I thought it was a fish for some reason, but that, yeah, that you fight know is what you're doing, that fight is ridiculous. And it it always when I get there, I'm just like, ugh, I'm not looking forward to this. And I never look forward to that fight. And I just it it's it's not a momentum killer, but it's just like a buzz kill because I'm like, God, this fight sucks. I don't want to do it.
1: Yeah, I, I feel that. I don't know. I I come at it, I'm coming at it from the other angle of of thinking. First of all, I'm fighting a giant jellyfish. I am fighting a giant octorok. I these, and he's funny. It's the fact that you, you're literally smacking him on the booty cheeks to try and freeze him up, so you can then stab him. And you know, as okay, as a seven year old when I'm playing through this game, that was admittedly probably the most humorous time I had in the game. And you know, I I just really enjoyed it. I like the thing. I agree. The music. Not the best in in that dungeon. I am not the biggest fan of Rudo at all, so I agree that kind of sucks. But on my end, the boomerang is actually one of my favorite uh, child child items, and I think that I I don't know I I find it fairly easy to to aim with the boomerang even if I'm not locked on, and it's actually part of my strategy for defeating Baronade. Is I don't actually always lock on him because sometimes it's easier to hit Baronade. Um, You know, through all the, the spinning mini electro jellyfish mm-hmm. uh, spinning and around that, him. That's if pretty much the only time
0: it. I could think of that you would use the boomerang without actually locking on. Yeah. Or for me I, anyways.
1: You could kind of sort of do it with P hats, but it's a lot harder. Uh, and you're not really fighting P hats all that often in Ocarina of Time unless you're doing like 100% stuff. But I don't know. I I found uh, because it was challenging because there were a, a fair amount of newer puzzles in that dungeon, and you know I just really love the bosses, and I and I love that whole element of you know being inside of a giant whale god. Well, kind of, sort of, maybe deity according to the Zora. Uh, and it it just kind of fascinated me as a kid. So it it takes it a little bit higher for me. So I would say it's second over Dodongo's Cavern, but would say you
0: uh i don't know i i i think that it, it would be it, it would still be last for me um just because like i said the I, i'm not as in love with the um aesthetic of the dungeon either i think that the like the dodongo's cavern was much cooler i think that the the music of the deku tree and like kind of the the lower inner sanctums is just much more atmospheric this one, um, I, I don't know. It it just it's it's not like it's a bad dungeon, but I think that this one is an example of it was a dungeon that was too long. Um, yeah, there there were points in the dungeon where I was just like, okay, like I'm I'm ready for this to be over. Um, I think if you, I think if the dungeon ended like rather quickly after the big Octorok fight, that would have been um, maybe a little bit better. But. Um, sure yeah I, I don't know I, I think that with all the things I I'd still say that it's a last place dungeon for me um, now I guess we can use a Nehru's love we each have one neighbor's love to use um, if you want to go that route.
1: no I <clears throat> I'm okay on that
0: one all right well let's uh let's just say that that's uh, a third rank dungeon and we can uh, we'll revisit that in the future Um. Maybe it won't end up dead last, but uh, who knows. Let's get into something that will, spoiler alert, probably finish first for us. That is the Forest Temple. Um, what what more can you say, really, that hasn't been said about the Forest Temple? Um, I wrote a editorial for our Dungeon Week that we did last year on the site that kind of highlights why the Forest Temple is my favorite dungeon in all of Zelda, um, not just Ocarina of Time. So this one is obviously going to be number one for me. It's just like, when I was a kid playing this, I mean, first of all, you basically thought that the game was over after, you know, you finished the child section of the game, and then you're just like, nope, you actually have all of this other quest to do and to beat these five other dungeons. So it's like, whoa, but just walking into the Forest Temple for me for the first time was just such an ethereal experience. Just the the way that the music was kind of rising and falling, um, the... The aesthetic of, like, the old kind of castle-looking structure with, like, all the, the foliage around it just – it was it was extremely magical to me. And, uh, you know, you actually – when you actually get into the dungeon and look at it objectively, there's the really cool Poe Sisters, uh, li- like, little mini quest within the dungeon that you do. Um, just looking and, and finding all their different paintings and stuff like that. The way that the halls twist and turn and the shapes and the courtyards and stuff like that. But you still have that kind of like mysterious ghost-like uh, threat looming over you. It, just all of that. Then you get down to the final boss and you see the, the art gallery and Phantom Gandon comes out. And you know you, you use your bow and arrow, which maybe isn't the most flashy item, but still just one of your most critical in the entire game. Everything about this dungeon just like, knocks it out of the park for me, so that is why it's my number
1: one. You know, you're absolutely correct. It's number one for me as well, Um, mostly for pretty much all those reasons. I don't even know if we can really add anything onto that. I think, um... Honestly, like, the, the Phantom Ganon fight is probably my second favorite fight or favorite fight of all Ocarina of Time. Um... I don't know, just there's, there's so much to it. There's there's so much things you can look into it from a story perspective, from like, you know, where are the Poe sisters good guys or bad guys? Because you could kind of argue either way. Um, you know, what... If Phantom Ganon obviously is a creation of Ganon himself, but, you know, like, kind of gives a, a glimpse into his his warlock or, or magical powers, to which has only kind of been sort of talked about in previous games it kind of gives it a little bit more depth i feel and i like the the puzzles are great the music is as we all know is our favorite so it's there's just there's nothing that this dungeon for me does wrong like it's perfectly paced it's got fun fights and i mean it has let, let's talk about the puzzles. ending too oh yeah the the uh, the whole thing between Link and Saria, oh, oh my man. gosh, does that, that, that tug still on the heartstrings or what? That still
0: gives me goosebumps, man. When when the screen is all white, yeah, and Saria will always be your friend, and it's just like there's that theme of of destiny getting in the way of Link and having normal everyday relationships, and it's just like, God, this is just it's so it's so bittersweet because you've accomplished all this together, you've freed the Forest Age, but like you know what you really want is to be together with your friend and you now you can never do that and so that that again just kind of puts it over the top for me um yeah this is this is my favorite dungeon in Zelda so this will this will probably be a race for number two between all the rest of these dungeons for me
1: oh no you're you're totally correct there's it for me number one hands down and also just like I I'm sure you mentioned it but I got lost in some of all all of the greatness that you were talking about with this but like the hook shot man this is oh no probably, I didn't even mention
0: that yeah good call
1: it yeah it's one of the most iconic items and let's be honest most people when you ask what's your favorite item in Ocarina of Time. It's probably the hook shot or the long shot. Am I right?
0: Yeah, that's probably fair.
1: Yeah, so you know who, and the fairy bow too. Like it, those are both technically the the forest temple items. They get two.
0: Yeah, so, so for, forest temple is um, for sure number one for for the champions cast here. So let's let's break it down. We've got forest temple at number one um inside the deku tree at number two Didongus cavern at number three and jabu jabu's belly at number four uh can't say enough good things about the forest temple so let's stop gushing about it and maybe get into some other dungeons let's talk about the fire temple um i'm interested to hear your thoughts first on this actually
1: okay sure so, the Fire Temple, I, I also, again, we keep going back to our previous uh, episode, and I think that's really amazing how we kind of, like, uh, put these two together, but uh, the the music of the original Fire Temple, because I got lucky, and I had one of the original, original copies of Legend of Zelda, one of the few that still had the Fire Temple theme in it, and it was... It was crazy it was it was it was something that I hadn't I was not really familiar with at the time that I was playing this game and I like it pulled me in and then the fact that you you talk to Sheik outside and he kind of or she kind of talks to you about how you know what what friendship is and what friendship means and how you you encountered Darunia again for the first time in quote-unquote seven years. For us, you know, it was like two hours or three hours. Uh, And, you know, he still remembers you. He's like, oh, I've been waiting for you. I'm glad you're here. Go help rescue my brothers, and I'm going to try and take on this threat like my ancestor did. And then you go through, and you end up, you know, picking up the Megaton Hammer and, you know, and fighting a giant fire dragon at the end. So... You know the Fire Temple is 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 definitely up there, in in good good dungeon design. My only problem with it was is kind of the same thing you had an issue with Rudo, uh, in Jabba Jabba's belly being kind of like monotonous or tedious. I felt that going and finding all the Gorons and rescuing all the Gorons was it was kind of boring. I enjoyed seeing what they kind of had to say, but it was usually just like one line, a hint here or there. It was always talking about the megaton hammer and how you can get to it. So, I I just felt that that was kind of lacking and considering that you have to spend most of your time doing that in the dungeon, it it was kind of a bitter reminder of of Rudo.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, did you ever play that game when you were a kid and you you're with your friends and you're just like, "Okay, you can control one of the four elements. What would it be?" Oh, so, yeah, yeah. My answer like, every single time, my dead last pick would be fire. I've never really been a fan of fire levels or fire-themed uh, anything. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, upon... Every time I play Ocarina of Time, I, I just, like, I really like the Fire Temple more and more. I really like the design of it. Um, all of the, the like, caverns and, and the rooms and stuff like that. And how you can scale the chain-link fences and just... The, the lava that shoots you up. I think that the enemies, those little dancing bomber dudes, are, are like, really creative enemies. Um, I really... I actually don't mind saving all the Gorons at all. It kind of gave me a sense of accomplishment to, to make sure that, like, okay, these guys are safe. And plus, I'm going to get a key for my troubles. I, I really like the Megaton Hammer as an item. But I just, like... There's something about the, the Fire Temple when, when I'm in all of the different rooms. Like, it, it almost hits me every single time I play it. I'm just like, you know, I I always think of this as a middle-of-the-pack dungeon for me. But then when I, whenever I actually play the Fire Temple, I'm like, I really enjoy this dungeon. I like the music. Maybe it's not as good as the original music that was in there. But it's, you know, it gets the job done. I like all of the, the different rooms and their interconnectivity. Um, the, I mean, the boss fight is outstanding. It's one of the best in the game. Uh, like everything about it works. Uh, Druni is one of my favorite characters in the game. So I, I think that like, I always had kind of thought of this as a middle of the pack dungeon strictly because I was just like, eh, fire is not that exciting. But, um, I, this is probably my second favorite dungeon in the game up until the, up until the dungeons that we've covered at this point, I would place it behind forest temple at this point in terms of just like, i really, I really love the design and all like, the fire mazes and how the the fire will pop up and block you i just think that it's really well done so i i would rank it just under forest temple at this particular that's point that's
1: pretty impressive i i think it's funny because what you're what you're saying makes a lot of sense especially because like for me I, if, if someone were to just ask me off the cuff hey you know what is your least favorite dungeon in in Zelda or sorry in Ocarina of Time? I would probably think of the Fire Temple. I wouldn't put it there, but I would think of it. But every time I play the Fire Temple, as you said, like it for whatever reason, it just it jumps ahead. But it, it's so weird, and I think it's more along the lines of because it's one of the ones that you you go through first. So. You know, when you get to the later dungeons, which I find to be some of the really, really good ones, it, you know, it kind of loses steam. You've, you've already done it and been through it, and then you're, you're faced with these new and impressive stuff. But every time I'm actually going through the Fire Temple, I'm like, man, this dungeon is actually pretty amazing. Uh, so it, it's close to middle of the pack for me as well.
0: So in the context of the dungeons that we have so far, all of the Child Dungeons and the Forest Temple, uh, where do you want to put it? definitively um
1: i would put it above jabu jabu's belly but below everything else
0: okay uh let's compromise and put it above jabu jabu's belly into dongo's cavern but we'll have the deku tree and forest temple ahead of that does that sound fair sure all right um so let's move on to the ice cavern and uh this dungeon i i really like this dungeon but it can be a pain in the ass if you don't have enough bottles at this point Which, um, really brings it down if you are, like, trying to do this game quickly. Because it's, you know, going back and forth to get fire in your bottles is just, uh, it's it's quite tedious. And I think that they probably could have, I don't know, found a better solution to transport the blue fire. Um, I don't know. But I've always really been a fan of, like, ice themes and stuff like that. It kind of bummed me out that there was no actual ice dungeon in here. So we got the ice cavern, which is kind of our compromise, I guess. Um uh i mean it's it's kind of a it's kind of the same thing over and over again you are looking to get the the silver rupees and collect them to open doors this is really it comes down to the final boss fight for me in the final scene with sheik and uh teaching you the serenade of water which is probably my favorite ocarina song and just like the cool you're in that like black starry room you've got all those like glowing ice crystals around and, and it just looks it looks super cool um so that's that's probably the biggest takeaway for me in this one but uh, yeah other than that it's kind of like a pain to get all the fire but um I- I'd say probably middle of the pack
1: but uh, what say you I love the aesthetic of the ice cavern unfortunately it's kind of dragged down for me by the fact that it's quote unquote boss is a wolfos which is an enemy you just you've fought a million times by now so it, it wasn't that exciting. I I will say that that final room, I absolutely agree, is incredible. And that conversation, like every conversation with Sheik is a masterpiece for 90s storytelling. It was crazy good. Uh, and, you know, you, you <laughs> albeit the reward is the Iron Boots, probably the worst item in the game if you're playing the original N64 version. Uh, and you'll find out why as soon as you get to the next temple. But um, yeah, I I like the aesthetic of it. I like the concept of it. But in Ultimate Execution, I can't really put it too far up. I would say it's the worst for me right now.
0: Uh, I was gonna say I would put it above Dodongo's Cavern and Jabu Jabu's Belly just for the um, just for like the final scene alone and the ice aesthetic. Um, I, I say we compromise and put it the second worst. How about that? Unless you really feel strongly about it. And you want to use a, a Nehru's love?
1: No, I'm not using that um, on, on the ice cavern, but <laughs> I, I will definitely compromise and say that it's, it's above, uh, Jabu Jabu.
0: Okay. Well, let's move on to maybe the most divisive and, uh, infamous, would maybe be the best word, dungeon in Ocarina of Time, and that is the Water Temple. And the the Water Temple really is a story of which version you're playing because on the 3DS version, it's not that bad. On the N64 version, it would probably be last.
1: So it really... I say we, sh- I say we should say right now that we have to go based off of our original plays so i would say we have to base it off of the n64 version
0: maybe we can do uh maybe just for this one dungeon we'll do a special we'll we'll rank it water temple n64 and water temple 3ds how about that okay um water temple n64 i i mean it's it's got to be the worst and i and i love i actually do like the water temple quite a bit it's very it's very confusing. You have to use your brain in order to navigate the rooms. There's a lot of just like really cool rooms like the <clears throat> the room that comes down with all the uh the falling platforms and stuff like that. The all of the like the, the whirlpool rooms, there's there's a lot of really good stuff here, but when you have to manually equip and go to the start menu and, you know, select your gear over and over and over again, it's it's really it's a drag, and it and it kills the momentum of the game, and it is, you know, it, there's no there's no easy way to say it. Like it sucks. It's um, it's definitely a <laughs> a big buzzkill. So I I think, you know, there's not enough redeeming qualities. Like the morpha fight is cool, but it's it's not that great. The music is great, but it's not like. It's not one of the top dungeon themes, I don't think. There's just there's not enough qualities in that to make up for the fact that, you know, you have to constantly pause, equipped, unequipped, pause, go back. And sometimes you have to do some very quick succession. So it, the N64 version, to me, would be probably bottom of the pack.
1: I completely agree. Um when you uh, taking what you're you know, what you're saying with the fire temple and how you know if people ask you back in the day or even now you know what if you could pick any element, what would be your element kind of thing uh fire would not be mine, but water would, which is why it was so surprising to me that this temple just didn't quite hit the mark and I think maybe it's because I was so so much expecting to like it. That the fact that it, it didn't live up to those those you know hopes, kind of brought it down even further. But I will say that of, of all the things that the Water Temple does right, it it definitely is both the Morpha fight, but also the Darkling fight. I think that was that was such a cool moment to just walk across you know, this this really weird room and where it seemed like it's stretched on into infinity and there's only two... There's an entrance and an exit. And as you go to the exit, you find it's barred. And then you turn around and in the Lone Island in the center, all of a sudden you're confronted with what can only be described as your inner darkness. And me being the story guy that I am, I'm sorry, people, I'm just a sucker for it, but that that was just something i found super incredibly cool and awesome and i loved every every part about that and i think darklink is still my favorite mini boss uh in all of zelda and yeah
0: that that's definitely a, a really cool scene and actually yeah r- a really cool visual cuz really you just see that lone tree and it's very uh it's very reminiscent of later years when you would see majora's mask and you finally get to the moon and there's like that one lone tree So it's very, very cool theme there. Um, I like the Dark Link fight a lot. Um, And I I think that the long shot as an item is, it was cool, but it was also like a little bit uh, anticlimactic because I mean, yeah, you already have that item. So it's just like, ah, you know, I, I guess I get this. Like at least in Twilight Princess, when you got the extra claw shot, it really opened up just like a whole new world of possibilities in terms of, you know, how you could get around. But the long shot to me was a little bit disappointing because you know it's basically just an upgraded version of the item that you already had. Um, let's talk Which about you the water now temple need for the
1: rest of the game for some reason. Like yeah, you, everything is now suddenly a longer distance. So
0: let's talk about the water temple, uh, 3ds version where of course the iron boots are an equippable item, and that is just a significant quality of life improvement um and it makes the dungeon actually i think quite fun there is some there's there's a lot of things that help you out too in terms of just like showing you where to go in order to raise the water level that was probably one of the things that just really threw me off when i was a kid playing the water temple i just they didn't really give you a whole lot of clues as to what to do when you actually stood in front of that um at the podium with the triforce symbol of what song to play and of course like i mean it seems obvious now but like if you're if you're 10 years old or whatever and you're playing this and you your first inclination to me when I was a kid was like okay play the water song because that'll raise and lower the water, and so nothing happened and so I tried it probably to I Zelda's lullaby was probably the last song that I tried and you know, like it seems obvious now of course you see the Triforce you play Zelda's lullaby but back then I was just like incredibly frustrated so I think that the 3D version just also gave you a much better kind of pathway as to where you could make that happen and just kind of not held your hand but eased you along a little bit there's just a lot of quality of life improvements i think that um the water temple is a solid dungeon and it is definitely one of the more layered and complex dungeons in ocarina of time it's probably the most actually because you really need to keep track of like your keys and where you're going and resource management a lot more than you do in in other dungeons but you know, I, I think that it's still a middle-of-the-pack dungeon for me, even with those quality-of-life improvements. I'd probably place it in between the Ice Cavern and Dodongo's Cavern. Um, what say you?
1: Well, well, I agree that a lot of the quality-of-life improvements in the 3DS version, A, were absolutely necessary, B, it, I, I just find it incredibly fascinating that you when you saw the Triforce symbol, your first inclination was to play the Serenade of Water because like all the time the game has kind of conditioned you at this point to where if you see something like that on, on the wall, you play Zelda's Lullaby because you do it f- to, you know, get access to Darunia in uh, the Goron City, a.k.a. Cave of Flammos. I was 10 years and, old, man. Give me a break. I will but then you do it. You do it again. Um, what is it? Uh, I uh, you could do it again in the in Kakariko graveyard with um. Uh, with like getting to the sun song, if I remember correctly. Uh, well, I I will just say that to me when I was the, oh, playing getting it, getting into it, Zora's, getting into Zora's domain, you have to do it. All right. Well, hold on. Let's let's keep this and consider
0: this. In the original N sixty four version. All there is is a plaque on the wall and just a, a mat that you can stand on. Whereas in the three D version, there is a big Triforce on the ground, so it's, it's very, it's it's much more explicit. And and then second, like I don't know, what can I say? When I was when I was a lad, it made sense to me to play the water song to raise and lower the water. You know what I mean?
1: I I I can see where why your mind would drift that way, but I, considering the game has conditioned us at this point to you know just plays elves lullaby anytime there seems to be like a a song activatable switch that doesn't look like a giant time block but you know to each their own i you you know, you're absolutely right would you um, would
0: you like to shit on 10 year old andy Spateri anymore or shall we continue ranking dungeons here taylor
1: no we're going to continue ranking dungeons okay, perfect. i feel totally guilty right now <laughs> but you should um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, what to say I you, listeners? Should should ten year old Andy have done a better job? In any case, I, I would rank it the same place for the for the three D version between um Dodongo and, and Ice cavern. Okay, yeah, Ice Cavern. Um, so let's
0: just uh, let's catch all of our listeners up here. In first place, we've got the Forest Temple. In second place, somehow this has uh, managed to stay here inside the Deku Tree. In third place, we have the Fire Temple. In fourth, we have Dodongo's Cavern. In fifth, we have the Water Temple, the three D version. Sixth, the Ice Cavern. Seventh, Jabu Jabu's Belly, and then coming in dead last is that N sixty four Water Temple version. Um, and and there it will probably stay. Let's move on to the bottom of the well. This is uh this is like kind of uh, whatever for me. This is uh. I'd probably say it's on par with Jabu Jabu's belly. Not that the uh, the setting isn't cool because it is, but largely just because most of it's completely unnecessary. So you don't get that same, um, I don't know, that same sense of accomplishment when you go through. There's not really an item that you can get to, that you know to really speak of. I mean, you can get the lens of truth pretty much immediately, but like. Pressing into the dungeon a little bit further, there's not really anything else there that's really worth your time to go in. Um, there's an awesome fight with Dead Hands, who, which is you know one of the coolest, most creepiest enemies in Zelda, but um, it's not like that's the only place that you see him in the game. So uh, yeah, I don't know. This would be one of the lower tier um, mini dungeons for me.
1: Okay. Uh, I. This this okay so <laughs> bottom of the well was just like so out of left field for me as a kid like going into this I was like wow you know the really cool it's got this medieval fantasy adventure going on and then whoa I'm in a horror movie all of a sudden and I just everything about it it was creepy uh, there was I I wanted to know why this was so creepy and I wanted to know why there was all these like deep dark secrets behind some of the things in the royal family and and the fact that the lens of truth is like this sheikah item that you know allows you to see past invisible things and why is it like guarded by all these dead corrupt thing and lord no we don't even know what the hell dead hands is to this day so we won't even try and describe it. But like all all that combined, it was just it was such an atmosphere. It was such an aesthetic and it was such a uh such a a difference in what we had encountered all the way through in the previous even if you count like the graveyard stuff in Kakariko, which you could do, you know, prior to this point, you know, it it, it just it, it was so different that i it stuck in my mind and albeit I was you know, not very happy with <laughs> with the scariness that was Dead Hands. It that that is part of what makes it so memorable and so lovable for me. So I would say that uh it's it's better than most things on our list so far. I would say it's below inside the Deku tree. Wow. Um so like third? Uh third or fourth, yeah.
0: Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just, like... It's just a, a bite-sized Shadow Temple to me. I, um... I, I think I would give you Beneath the Water Temple, 3DS, maybe. Um... I don't know that I'd want to rank it much higher than that. May, I, I guess I'd give you Beneath Dodongo's Cavern, which would put it in 1, 2, 3, 4, fifth. I, I, I'd be willing to compromise on that. But, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it seems... Like, the lore behind it is cool, but again, I feel like that it's just a sample serving size before you get to the Shadow Temple, which really kind of explores those themes in depths. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'd be willing I, to put it in fifth, if, if that's fine. I'll, I'll take that. Okay. Well, uh, we we started talking about it, let's just dive right into it. The Shadow Temple, um, and this is a, this is a pretty, a creepy place, definitely, um definitely the scariest of all the of all the different dungeons you know and I feel like I feel like I want to like this dungeon more than I actually do um but there's some things that I just don't like it I, I don't like when you're in the main room and when you fall you have to restart all the way from like the very beginning um, mm-hmm. as soon as you as soon as you cross that uh, invisible bridge with the hover boots I think the hover boots are a terrible item like walking around in the hover boots sucks um, and again, going back to the N64 version, equipping those and, uh, unequipping them is, is a pain in the butt. Of course, it's not as bad as the Water Temple because you don't need to take them off nearly as often, but it's still kind of a pain. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. There's a lot of great things I like about the Shadow Temple. I think that the boat ride is just super, super cool. Such, like, a creepy, atmospheric ride down. And then, actually, pretty much everything from the boat ride on I really like, Bongo Bongo is a, you know, a really cool boss. Um, and and can be actually difficult, too, if you, uh, you know, if you're not ready for him. I remember during the marathon, I beat Bongo Bongo with, like, I had one arrow left. I had, like, a sliver of health left. I think I had already died in the in the Shadow Temple, and I was like, oh, my God. And so the Shadow Temple was just a huge problem for me. But, um, you know, I, I really like that fight. I think that Impa is kind of like a okay choice for a sage you, you don't you don't feel that same emotional connection as with the uh, as with the first three sages that you've already rescued um it's a middle of the pack dungeon for me i'd probably place it above the water temple but probably beneath pro- probably just above the water temple i think
1: yeah i won't i won't argue with you there i will say that bongo bongo is probably my favorite uh, are actually, I'd say Bongo Bongo is probably my second favorite fight of all of Ocarina of Time. Maybe it's above Baronade, all, and Baronade's pretty high high on the list. Um, but it's below a certain couple of fights here. But like of, of all, just like the flat out straight up bosses, especially in the in in the adult dungeons, it's it's my favorite of all the adult dungeons, and. I think the boss fight. Sorry. Clarify. Um, I agree. Hover boots is kind of kind of terrible. It's uh, and it's also why (laughs) shout outs to everybody at the marathon. I don't use them in the fire medallion room of Ganon's tower. Uh, They're just bad. And I don't I don't enjoy using them at all. Uh, I do enjoy using the lens of truth I really enjoy the the creepy aesthetic I really enjoy the the mysteriousness of it like what is this doing in this world that is so different from everything else in it and you know you get to fight dead hands again um yeah there the the boat ride especially which goes from being kind of like this... You know, just like this ghost ship ride, to being a fight for your life when you've got two Stolfo angry Stalfos who are, you know, duking out with you. And if you don't kill them fast enough, you know, you either die to them or you die to the boat disappearing. And you so, know what
0: sometimes there's only one. And I feel really lucky that's true. when when those times happen. But every time I was doing the Shadow Temple, I had like I had zero health and I always forgot that there was a fairy. Um Right before the ship, you can move the block and climb up the ladder and break the yeah. pot and get the ferry. I always forgot about it. So I had no ferry. I had no health. And I was like, come on, just give me one. Just give me one. Every time there were two.
1: Yeah. I, you know, it's it's a real treat. I think that, honestly, like the Shadow Temple is probably worse if you're doing a speedrun, especially with that whole aspect of... You know, if you fall or you get crushed or whatever uh, in the main room and most of the rooms succeeding the main room, like you just get started at the beginning, that I agree. It's really, really lame from a speedrunner's perspective, but just playing through the game normally, I don't think I really minded it as much, but yeah, no, I'm I'm fine with it being a middle-of-the-pack dungeon.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I like the concept of the Shadow Temple more than I actually liked the Shadow Temple, if that makes sense. Like... I would have liked yeah. to see more, um, I guess, nods and hints towards the, the Sheikah clan, or like, uh, maybe, like you said earlier, the story like, of it. yeah, like, why, you know, what the heck is going on in the well beneath, uh, Kakariko village, or why is it like that, or it's just like, some, some interesting things, and I, I don't think that it really delivers on that. There are some, you know, definite creepy moments in the Shadow Temple, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think that conceptually it's really cool, but it's it's hard for me to rank it above some of the other dungeons that we have. So I, I think that I'd be fine to put it uh, middle of the pack as well.
1: Sure, I you know I feel the same way about the Water Temple, so I'm fine with putting the Shadow Temple right above it.
0: All right, so let's just recap for the listeners really quick. Uh, Number one, we have the Forest Temple. Number two, inside the Deku Tree. Number three, the Fire Temple. Number four, Dodongo's Cavern. Number five, uh, the Bottom of the Well. Number six, the Shadow Temple. Number seven, the 3DS version of the Water Temple. Number eight, the Ice Caverns. Number nine, Jabba Jabba's Belly. And number ten, the N64 version of the Water Temple. Uh, Let's keep it moving here. Let's go over to this one, which is really fun. And I wasn't going to include this until a friend of the show, Gooey Fame, said, "Hey, you should include this—the Gerudo Training Grounds." He basically I like, demanded. I like it. them. Yeah, and, and you know, what? I always have a really fun time here. And I guess like this isn't even a mini dungeon in the same sense that the Ice Cavern and Bottom of the Well are, because you can, you know, you yeah. In fact, you have to come back, and uh, you you can't do it in one shot. You have to come back and keep you know progressing further and further. Finding different keys and stuff like that. Um, but just something that I actually... Like, I really like. There's... Um, I guess there's no real boss to speak of in here. And the item that you get, the ice arrows, is pretty much completely unnecessary. But I don't know what it is. I I really like it. I like how you can kind of choose your own path. I like how, you know, it, you do have to come back after you've uh, powered up. And that feeling of accomplishment that you get when you finally unlock all of the different keys and stuff like that um i always really enjoyed how like when you have the lens of truth and you're and you're just like oh my god there's a hole in the ceiling i'm climbing up there and you and you found an extra key i thought that was really cool um i guess the one the lame thing about it is there's a lot of chests in there that give you rupees and by this point you probably have 500 rupees already so it's like well what am i going to do with this so um you know that that's a little bit lame but on the whole i i think that this is one of the most enjoyable. I guess many many dungeons of the game. I'd probably rank it like, I'd probably put it above Dodongo's Cavern.
1: I agree. It was probably the be, uh the most well designed. I think it like the, there were just so many different kinds of puzzles, and you and it required you to have. You know, first of all you should already have all these a lot of these items by the time you even have access to this portion of the game but also as you mentioned you know having to come back after you've gotten some additional stuff past the spirit temple um it like it was kind of like a a precursor taste kind of like um beneath the well was for the shadow temple i feel like rudu training grounds was kind of the same thing for ganon's castle or ganon's tower you yeah kind of, you, you can make that th-
0: argument yeah
1: yeah, you like you end up doing a lot of things that you did in previous dungeons, things like that. So like stuff that you learned previous, you use in order to, you know, solve the different puzzles and and get through the Guru training grounds. Uh, but as you said, like the reward is ultimately kind of sort of worthless, and you know, rupees are a dime a dozen in Ocarina of Time, if if you're yeah. not speed running
0: um so i i that that's probably my biggest disappointment from ocarina of times that like the ice arrows don't actually do anything cool and they rectified that in majora's mask but um i i guess i can understand why they did it because you know you you already get the the light arrows and the fire arrows which are fairly integral less so the fire arrows to the story but um or to the the actual progression so I, I guess they didn't want to overload you with the same item, kind of like the long shot was to the hook shot, just like upgrades and stuff like that. But it it is cool. It's like a nice little Easter egg to get, and uh, I always really have an enjoyable time doing it. I actually usually I'll save it until almost the end of the game, and then I'll just like blitz my way through once I have the uh, the gauntlets and go back. So um, yeah, I, I really like it, and uh, you know what what can I say? So that I'm also that is. Sure that it...
1: Ahead, I'm also pretty ahead. sure that it was a victim of the, uh, the effect of Ocarina of Time being too big for its britches and where the design and the ideas behind a lot of things in Ocarina of Time sometimes fell a bit short because they just didn't have enough time, ironically enough, to, uh, to implement them. And I think the Ice Arrows was, was one of those things.
0: Um, all right, so Gerudo Training Grounds is sitting pretty at number four on our list. Uh, let's move on. We're almost uh, we're almost done here. We've got two more to go. Let's move on to the Spirit Temple, and man, this is just just below the Forest Temple for me. This is one of the greatest dungeons in Zelda. It's, it's one of the greatest dungeons in Ocarina of Time. Everything about it just clicks. It it brings together the the child portion of the game, the adult portion of the game. It's almost like you get two items out of this dungeon with the gauntlets and then the mirror shield. I think the mirror shield is just awesome—the way that you can refract the light and and reflect it on walls and stuff like that to create like little little light beams. I just I loved that so much. Um, I, the boss fight is absolutely incredible. I think that the Twin Rova fight is is the best boss fight in this entire game, even better than Ganon and Ganondorf. Um, the way. Like, the, the way that your shield just absorbs their, their magic and the way that you can, like, throw it back at them, I just think is, like, super, super fun. I always just have a blast whenever I'm playing that fight. Um, and the music, man, the music is just, uh, it's really something else. I know we were kind of trying to figure out how, uh, like, what the instruments were in that in that uh, music when you hear the, like,
1: do, do. But it's, it's good stuff, man. I love it. Are you sure it's just it's not just because Twin Rover winks at you?
0: Uh yeah, that that might make it a little bit higher on my list, but I mean this dungeon is is awesome. It, you know, the 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 giant statue, it just everything about it, kind of the like Arabic sounding music. I I I love it. It's so good. Did you just say Arabic? Yeah, that's kind of what it sounds Don't like. What you
1: mean Arabic?
0: No, I meant what I said.
1: Oh man, the Canadian strikes back. <laughs> I, I love the Spirit Temple as well. It's, it's my number two. Um, I think this is, this is a perfect example of taking everything that the Forest Temple did perfectly and then adding on uh, what I had hoped would be more of a mechanic throughout the entire game, and that's the time travel mechanic. And I think that it did it really, really well. You have one portion of it you can please a child. You have the other port, the final portion of it you can please an adult. Uh, as you said, the mirror shield is probably one of the best items in the game next to the hookshot slash longshot. And man, I, you know, Twin Row was great, but I really love the Iron Knuckles. That for an enemy you only really encounter there and in Ganon's Tower, like the Iron Knuckles were so cool, so cool to fight, and, oh, man, and they were tough, like, back then, you know, being seven years old, playing through it, and, and encountering these giant armored, you know, what I thought had to be knights at the time, with these incredibly huge battle axes just swinging wildly at me, oh, man, it was a thrill every time to fight, and I still get a, an immense amount of uh, joy fighting the, those guys, even though they're, you know, a lot simpler to beat for me now. So I, I would temple still does... say that they can be
0: pretty tough even now too. Cause I mean like, oh, obviously, sure. obviously our, um, our technique is a lot better, but I mean, if they hit you, like, yeah, you're, in yeah, trouble. you
1: make a mistake. It's going to hurt. Uh, but yeah, no, so spirit temple, basically it, it does everything right. And it's, it's the ideal dungeon. I think al- right alongside the forest temple.
0: Um, a a little bit disappointed with the sage for this dungeon. I think, like, the problem with Nabooru is you meet her so late in the game, and what they, you know, we did an article about a year ago that said, like, what would you change about your, or your least favorite part of your favorite Zelda game, and that was mine for Ocarina of Time. I actually said that you should have introduced Nabooru when you were a kid, maybe have her, like, with Ganondorf in the castle or something like that, because, like, every other sage you met when you were a child, but, um... This one, I mean, technically you did, but the game's pretty. It's almost over at this point, so just kind of maybe introducing her a little bit earlier in the game, I think, could have went a, a longer way into showcasing her more as a character and making her feel more than just someone that was there because they needed an extra sage. But um, that and, you sure. know that aside, even even the fight and you and you find that she's inside of the the iron knuckle is just like, oh man, I can't believe like I almost just like chopped her head off with my sword. So you're right that fight is really awesome there's just uh, there's just a lot of things that really work about this dungeon all like the twists and the turns and um, the, the that one room man just really it's a powerful image when you see the statue and you and you uh, finally like bust the face off that thing and go into the inner light. Yeah, yeah and and you know what I will say this too um, this dungeon. Amazingly enough, somehow, makes you actually feel happy to see the goddamn owl. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know what? I hadn't even thought of that. That's so true.
0: You know, and, oh my and God. at this point, I'm just like, friend, I haven't seen you in like, <laughs> twenty hours since I started this game. Like, I, it's what's up, man? How have you been? And uh, you know by a couple seconds in you're just like oh my god i remember why i hate the goddamn owl but when, <laughs> when he first shows up he's uh he's a welcome he's a welcome presence so yeah the spirit temple is number two for me number two for me as well all right well uh let's break this list down one last time before we get into ganon's castle here just really quickly for our listeners number one we've got the forest temple number two spirit temple number three Inside the Deku Tree. Number 4, the Fire Temple. Number 5, Gerudo Training Grounds. Number 6, Dodongo's Cavern. Number 7, Bottom of the Well. Number 8, Shadow Temple. Number 9, the 3DS version of the Water Temple. Number 10, the Ice Caverns. Number 11, Jabu Jabu's Belly. And number 12, the N64 version of the Water Temple. Let's bring it home here. Let's talk about Ganon's Castle. And actually, I want your thoughts first, Taylor.
1: Good, because I was going to steal it from you anyway. Um... Ganon's castle and tower. Now, if it, uh, I will hazard a warning on this. If it wasn't for the spirit in the forest temple, this would be my absolute favorite thing ever. There's just so much to love about this. For one thing, you have to go. You go in, and the very first thing that happens is, you know, the the sages basically kind of create this rainbow bridge. In the like the darkest of days, the darkest timeline, uh, and you have got this rainbow bridge leading you on to your ultimate destiny. Then once you get in, you just see like the this kind of like the almost sci-fi y ish um, aspect where you know you just got this giant shield around the center part of the the castle, which is his tower that you need to climb up, climb up to to go get to him. And, you know, you, you go through each of the rooms again as if you were um as if you were getting all the medallions, except this time you're unlocking the sage's ability to help you, to aid you, and you get to kind of see a physical showing of of the sages all actually giving you assistance and actually lending you their power to break through this this strong barrier and as i pointed out with the grudu training grounds before it 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 is a culmination it is a true culmination of everything you've done up until that point and you have to use all of your items you have to use all of your know-how but it's all in bite-sized segments so it doesn't nothing feels overly long and then you know once you've done all that you break through the barrier you go into the center of this castle and you start climbing those steps and what do you hear? just the this, this soft tones at first of a very familiar tune if you've played lots of Zelda in the past and a, a tune that you've heard periodically in bits and pieces throughout the game so far and as you ascend and you get higher and higher the music gets louder and louder and louder until that final reveal when you bust open that door ready to kick Ganon's booty in, and you just find him playing his own damn theme on his own damn organ. Like what could have been better than that?
0: Please don't ever say Ganon's booty again. That gives me that gives me nightmares.
1: Ganon's booty, Ganon's booty, Ganon's booty.
0: Ugh. Uh, so I think this this is a tough one for me because the the phrase that comes to my mind when I think of Gannet's Castle is Jack of all trades, master of none, and so you you touched on it. There are a bunch of different bite sized rooms, and really, like when I think of uh, Gannet's Castle as a dungeon, I mostly just think of the the different rooms and don't really count going up the stairs because you you fight you fight a few Stolfos, and then you fight Ganondorf, and that that's a great fight, but. Um,
1: no, and some Iron Knuckles.
0: Yeah, yeah, and some Iron Knuckles, sorry. Um, and, and those are all good, but they're, they're things that you've done before in other dungeons. And Denalfos, even... it's
1: the only time you encounter Denalfos in Ocarina of Time.
0: So so even when you fight Ganondorf, it's kind of like, it, that's a pretty epic fight, but I feel like the real epic fight is the Ganon fight, which is after, which I Big almost feel unfair counting into Ganon's castle since Ganon's Why? castle, because uh, I mean, it's technically all crumbled and crashed at the end of that.
1: No, so. but the whole thing is considered Ganon's castle and towers, the so, final dungeon. So, anyways,
0: let, let's go back to the the initial rooms. Um, I, I really like the concept of them, but I feel like when you act when you go through and you do those rooms, only a couple of them are rooms that I actually really enjoy doing. Um, the Spirit Temple room I thought was pretty fun. The um, the the water temple/ice slash ice cavern room i thought was pretty fun and the fire temple one i thought was pretty fun but then you you go to the forest temple and it's just a bunch of fans blowing you around and like you're using the hover boots and i was like ah this is kind of lame um the water temp or the uh, sorry the shadow temple was just like again you you have to use your hover boots and lens of truth and I, I don't know it just it wasn't it wasn't my favorite and then the the light you know, the light temple room, I guess if you want to call it. It's just a bunch of fights in a row, so it's like... Eh. So they almost kind of cancel each other out. About half of them, I think, are fun. Half of them, I think, are kind of a chore. And then, um, you know, as as you climb the tower, you're fighting these enemies that... You've, you've kind of been there, done it before. Uh, the Ganon fight and the Ganondorf fight is obviously awesome, but I I'm not sure that I would rate this one too, too high. I'd probably rate it probably like above bottom of the well, but below everything else that we have um, to that point.
1: I want to Nehru's love this to third place. All right. Well, I
0: want to Nehru's love it back to where I just said.
1: So <laughs> got to put somewhere in the middle between those um, two.
0: Okay. So you want to put into third? Yeah. And I want to put it into let's see one two three four five six seven. So, Fifth. Uh, we we yeah we can put it into we'll put it just behind the forest temple spirit temple, um, Deku tree and fire temple. Okay, that sound fair to you. Sure. Um, all right, so here it is. Drum roll, please, Taylor. Give me a drum roll. <laughs> here no drum roll this is the worst drum okay fine i don't have any drums we finally got our definitive list (laughs) of dungeons in ocarina of time and it goes as follows number one the forest temple number two the spirit temple number three inside the deku tree i can't believe that that ended up that high that's crazy it's only
1: because you neighbors loved no I, i never used it yeah, you used it to knock my third place down.
0: <laughs> well, I guess so.
1: Um,
0: number number four, the Fire Temple. Number five, Ganon's Castle. Number six, the Gerudo Training Grounds. Number seven, Dodongo's Cavern. Number eight, Bottom of the Well. Number nine, the Shadow Temple. Number 10, 3DS version of the Water Temple. Number 11, the Ice Caverns. Number 12, Jabba Jabba's Belly. And number thirteen and dead last, the N64 version of the Water Temple. And uh, you know what? I'm pretty happy with this list. I'm pretty okay with it.
1: It's not too different from my actual original list, so I, I I'm okay with it as well. I didn't even you know make what? a it's... list because I didn't think I could. <laughs> well, I you know I sat down last night and I was like, at, this was at like two a.m. in the morning. I was like, well, I need to create this list because otherwise I'm going to be the most unprepared person ever for this episode. So I wouldn't made it, but now that we think about it, I'm actually not too surprised that the great great inside the great deck uh made it so high. Because honestly, like for a first impression in in the game, it was really really good. And you know what they say about first impressions, man? They last and they matter.
0: Yep, yeah, I uh, I couldn't agree more with that. So there's. There's nothing here that really looks just like completely out of place to me or something that I strongly disagree with. I think that this is, um, I, I think it's a really solid list. So there you go. Um, so we would love to know what you think of our list. We'd love to know what your list is looks like and uh we want you to uh, to let us know over on zeldadungeon.net or on twitter whatever but we are running long and we are out of time taylor so that is gonna wrap up our one year anniversary show and uh i had a great time talking about some creative time dungeons a
1: real nostalgia blast what a time it's been and what a time we have to look forward to another hundred episodes at least right or another uh, year of episodes
0: at least, yes. Hopefully,
1: a uh, hundred episodes.
0: Yeah, well, Masis has been uh, catching up on our most recent episodes of the Champions Cast, so it's always hit or miss with him. You know, one wrong move, he might just pull the plug on us because uh, you know we're on some pretty thin ice week by week. But uh, yeah, that's gonna do it for us this week. Next week, we are gonna be back with a deep dive into uh, Cadence of Hyrule and Crypt of the Necro Dancer, we've got uh, special guest Rod Lloyd coming on. And he's, he's actually played this game, so he's going to talk to us a little bit about it and tell us exactly what to expect. Um, but until then, head over to Podbean, head over to iTunes, like, subscribe, comment, all that jazz. If you've got a Zelda fanatic in your life, make sure that they're listening to the Champions cast. We'd really appreciate that. Head on over to Twitter. You can find me at Spateri316. You can find Taylor at GIF underscore Bluehawk. That's it. We're out of here for this week. We'll see you back next week. One full year of the Champions cast. Who'd have thought? Until then, see you, everybody.